In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on The CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from Season 1. This week... Damn it, Nick! I'm a doctor! Not a doctor! They let you pick whatever name you want when you rewrite yourself. And you picked Phil Gasmer? And the Trash Compactor. Why did it have to be the Trash Compactor? Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the Legends of Next Week. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I use she, her pronouns. Get in, she, her pronouns. Kate, also using the she, her pronouns. And we get joined with a very special guest this week, longtime friend of all your co-hosts, but first time appearing on the pod. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Abby, and I use she, her pronouns as well. Yay! (laughs) We love friendship. Uh, It's so glad that we brought you this week, Abby, because what does this week deal with, Abby? This week deals with all my favourite subjects, and I kind of geeked out the first time I watched it. We have Star Wars, we have Indiana Jones, We have George Lucas and just awesomeness quotes. Yes, this episode is a favorite of all of us as big, huge Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and anything George Lucas adjacent nerdness. And that is a record for how how long it took us to mention Star Wars, but get ready because there's going to be a lot of Star Wars talk. You're welcome. Welcome. Again, please don't drink every time you mention Star Wars for this round. Take shots of water. You no, will get no. alcohol poisoning. All the drink alcohol. responsibly. No, but not Abby, that's, Abby, that's not responsibility. <laughs> that's not how the force works. <laughs> that's exactly how it works. Speaking of that's not how the force works, uh, we gotta open this episode before we forget with the incredible tidbit that Maisie Richardson Sellers made her big screen debut in Force Awakens two years yes, before did. this episode. Yep. Um. So if you didn't catch, if you didn't catch her cameo, she is on the balcony. Planet oh, goes boom. Yeah. When, when yeah, when the Hosnian system is being being targeted by the First Order's weapon. She is out on the balcony. That's who you see. There's also a deleted scene with her and Carrie Fisher having a conversation regarding the First Order's rise to power. Amazing. Okay, before we start this episode, maybe we should all say how we got into anything George Lucas (laughs) live. (laughs) Because we are all big nerds. Let's not lie. (laughs) Shall I start? Start, because Abby. i i i got into george lucas stuff a very long long time ago in a galaxy well in a continent a little bit further away from you guys because hi <laughs> um and it was like the 80s and i was nicking my brother's star wars toys and then every christmas would either watch indiana jones or star wars and it was like it was one or the other because you know 
lack of cable in the 80s. And it was just fabulous just getting into watching things like that. And I think, and I think this episode above all talks about the power of storytelling, not just in a movie, but how fictional characters and made up stories can have real impacts on people in positive ways. And very much we see that with legends or some of our other favorite fandoms that we're a part of. I definitely would be a completely different person if I hadn't watched sci-fi growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't really Star Wars, per se. I got that in, when I was a little older. It was more um, Indiana Jones. I love Harrison Ford, and I love uh, the Dr. Jones. And also Willow, which is also George Lucas, is which also oh, is fantasy. Mm. And um, I was like a complete Mad Mornigan front fan, so hey, me. I'm going to watch that really bad. I mean, my, I guess, first fandom thing that got me interested <laughs> before Star Wars or anything was Batman and Assorted Media, because kind of like Abby, I would just steal my brother's Batman DVDs and watch yes. them. Because he would keep getting them for Christmas, but I was the one watching them. <laughs> and then after that, I found Hannibal, and I can't go into that. <laughs> I cannot lie. I also stole a lot of my brother's, like, Star Wars toys. And I would always steal Jatara from um, Thundercats. See, I kind of scared my neighbors uh, pushing the ramp- rancor around in a pram. I mean, you oh, can't really... Yeah. Uh come back from something like that when you're thinking you know what kind of cute thing have you got in that pram today little three-year-old abby it's a rancor that's fine (laughs) and then very recently (laughs) well like within the last three years i got really into star wars as a result of quarantine and new hyperfixation and then i pulled kate into it we know that kate is a big, big, big Star Wars fan. Really? Okay, okay. Buckle up, because I'm going to tell you a story. So, um, like like Mary, Star Wars was not my first fandom. I actually originally... Honestly, I would never have gotten into fandom had my friend not shown me Captain America, the first Avenger. Never would have watched Marvel movies, ever, if it had not been for that. And that kind of led me toward um, discovering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which was my little niche for a while, and Doctor Who, and all these other shows before. But this is all in high school. When I got to college, and you know, if you if you go to college, or I mean, when you're in any new setting, you're getting to know the people around you. So I went, so... In college, we kind of did room tours, which we ran around. Sorry, we went around to see kind of what other people's rooms looked like, which was fine because I mean, but we were, we were a bunch of like eighteen or nineteen year olds just going around, and we get to this one guy's room, good friend of mine, um, for about for a couple of years in college, great guy. He had a stormtrooper cutout on in his room, and he had the original. He had all the Star Wars movies at the time which were the six, because this was before The Force Awakens came out. I said, oh, I've never seen Star Wars before. And this one girl in our group 
turns around and smacks me across the face. (laughs) Hard. I had known her for two days and she slapped me. And she turned to the guy and said, okay, we need to show her all these movies. Well, I saw them all. Have slapped you, but okay. <laughs> Oddly enough, it got me in. So, and I, and I was excited because, and, but people kind of gave me crap on my floor. I was like, "You just started watching them. Why are you so excited about all this stuff, about the stuff that's coming out now? Because this was when the sequels are coming out." And that kind of dampened the enthusiasm. Um, it, my enthusiasm definitely dampened as years went on because I didn't know any of the TV shows. Um, and then about two years ago now, really, I was not in a good place mentally. Mary is watching the Club Wars and I was on TikTok and I'm seeing, I'd seen like an ad for the Bad Batch, but it didn't really like do a whole lot for me at the time. But I was messaging Mary about the show. I was like, hey, um. Can you explain more about this to me? She did. Gave me an episode list for the Clone Wars to watch watch the Bad Batch. And um, yeah, now I am a full-blown Star Wars nerd clone lover. (laughs) That's kind of awesome, though. That is really kind of awesome. Although, again, do not physically assault somebody for not watching Star Wars, (laughs) friends. Do not do this. Yeah, that's it slapped some sense into Kate, though, didn't it? <laughs> oh, but it's not something you do. Yeah, that's not how the force works. Oh. Shall we get started talking about Hello. this episode? This was the um, second half of the season premiere, Raiders of the Lost Art. This was the first episode that aired after Carrie Fisher died. It was some before, oh, but it I, aired after. Like, Sorry. Again, what is time? Because I forgot it was 2017 that she passed away. Oh my goodness. No, she passed away in 2016. Yeah, December see, 27. See, see. So therefore this aired in 2017, yeah. yeah. So can I just say that I forgot that Rory, or Rip, sorry, um... See, there's my Doctor Who thing. It's the coat, okay? He's got the 10th Doctor coat. And I completely forgot that the reason why I wanted to start watching Legends in the first place, because this Rory guy from Doctor Who was wearing the Doctor's coat, traveling in time in a freaking time shift. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? I need to watch it. So this flashback of Rory just popping up. Sorry, Rip just popping up. And I keep calling him Rory <laughs> instead of Rip. It's like popping up, and I'm thinking, with a beard. and I know it's it's literally it's Rory with the doctor's coat, pretending <laughs> to be someone who isn't a time, and he's a time master instead of a time lord. I mean, seriously, come on, it's absolutely fantastic. So that is one of the things that did get me hooked on Legends in the first place. So it was really quite nice to see him pop back up again. Um, so yeah, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. First geeky reference, and I loved it. We're watching Rip do some great Star Trekian acting of, oh no, the ship's falling apart, and he's throwing himself against the wall, and the camera's spinning around. (laughs) So great. And I love the moment of Gideon. How long will repairs take? 15 years. That won't do. (laughs) And then he decides, you know, I'm just going to make things okay. all go wrong okay. and my, put my hand yeah. into the heart of the TARDIS and just, yeah, well, you know, well, sort of Before he does time. that, though, 
he has a piece of the spear and he has this whole time and nobody found this stupid thing? Like, really? It's it was under a floorboard. You don't tell me that Jack did not look throughout the whole entire wave rider. He probably did. After the room, you know he did. Can I just say this is a really fun callback to when Leonard Stark was searching the ship in the beginning because he did establish that he cased the whole ship and he found nothing that was valuable worth taking. He probably saw that, but he's like, it's, okay, it's just a random piece a of wood. He probably thought it's it was a vampire snake or something. You know, just kill vampires. Well, I was like, no, yeah. you know what? Leonard Stark didn't know what it was, but he didn't want to touch it because he was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't need to deal at that thing right a second you can't tell me a thief did not know what that was but he but he perceived he shuts Gideon down completely oh rip because he's got all his fun little code words he shuts her down because he's got a plan he even says there are some things I can't even tell you Gideon rude rip yeah right secrets. and that's when he touches the time drive I'm guessing that's the time drive right yeah i think i accidentally called it the heart of the tardis which is also completely different and that's a different thing altogether so wave rider i meant wave rider sorry <laughs> touched that as well at some point well they mentioned later that when he touched it it fractured his brain cells and yeah but like didn't he do it old. for here i go again maybe i'm wrong and that kids is why you don't play with the time drive <laughs> He shouldn't have touched that, but like then he gets <laughs> all his memories stolen. Oh. Yeah, so that's a lot. And the thing that really caught my my ears is that he kind of says a little prayer. A bit. It's very non-denominational, but it sounds well, like I a feel prayer. Like to Rip me. probably grew up Catholic. I don't know why I feel this way. I just feel that because way. he's so guilty all the time. Oh, you have a point with the being guilty all the time. But I was going to say, a Victorian little orphan boy is not a Catholic. That's an Anglican. <laughs> Again, Rip, Rip Hunter is Dodger from Oliver Twist. <laughs> but that was the past. Now we go back to the future. Sorry, I just Because there were some also Back to the Future references in this. With, I'll, but I'll come back to that later. Which yeah, again, that have... wasn't a George Lucas film, weirdly. No, but it was Spielberg, wasn't it? Yeah, but That's, mm-hmm. Spielberg, mm-hmm. No. Lucas, they're co-conspirators. Look... Listen, you could put two movies. Maybe this is not going to be very nice to say. I'm sorry, but if you put, if it showed me a movie and you asked me to tell who directed it, and it's a movie I don't know that's famously directed by Spielberg. Or Lucas, I probably wouldn't be able to tell who it was. Yeah. <laughs> so we go into a film set. But before that, they were, they were mentioning that, that Nate mentioned about uh, the Legion of oh, Doom. Yeah. And <laughs> so basically, he's sitting in the, in the library of the ship, and he was like, and Ray comes in showing his nice little muscles, and is like, oh my fucking goodness. I'm sorry, but that tank talk top oh my goodness <laughs> muscles sorry i had to go thirsty on main for the two amount seconds. of times ray had to be like we're sleeping but we weren't together. but not together <laughs> amount of times yes. he had to say this ray i think nate knew this nate knew that 
So yeah, so that tank talk. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Anyway, so what I was coming to say was when he was talking to Nate, Nate was just casually sort of being his brainy, geeky self and just so, oh, what about calling it the Legion of Doom? And I was like, oh, I don't think that's going to ca- uh, catch on. And then all the way through the episode, people were like, nah. And then by the end of it, it was like, yeah, that's the Legion of Doom. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk about that other scene that happened before the library, but I do love that Nate is blasting music and apparently it's 3 a.m. So apparently some, sorry, form of time has been established on the Wave Rider. I don't I know. I feel how. like let's, it's let's, like let's Alaska. Call, let's you call, let's call it GST, Gideon Standard Time. Gideon yeah. Standard, love it. <laughs> well, I feel like in all- you because you get then sleep deprived, so you have to set some kind of schedule. You've always got to have That's a shift time. So basically, in various Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, sort of spacey kind of media, you've always got to have this is the current time on the ship. So whenever you beam down to a planet or teleport to a planet or get the shuttle down to a planet, you're always going to have well, this is the time on here, and let's try and find this. Thirty-two so, rotations. Know, yeah. But I did want to mention as my last thing for this scene, um, the fact that Ray has to say we are not sleeping together. First of all, you know that's why they're setting up a new... Legends is famous for setting up second half of season romance. Thank God it wasn't Ray, though. (laughs) Not that the other thing was better. Also, I do love that when we did some research before the pod, and... When Nate says he's calling them Legion of Doom because it remind, because it's something he heard on an old Hanna Barbera cartoon, we did look it up, and so there was was it Super Friends? Yes, it was Super Friends. Friends. It was Super Friends, and so it's a it's a very fun little tie in there because also also yeah. let's let's point out that Amaya has the one brain in this in this scene. She has the one brain. She's the one who figures out that medallion she is one together. and not two. So mm. thank you, Amaya, for being, being the one brain. You were wonderful. Amaya has the brain cell. Please. But we've all jumped ahead a little bit because actually the first scene and the episode is Martin Stein going in to get a little snack. He's and he hears Martin. me. I love you. He's giving you tea. Mick in the background saying, You were my best friend. I love you, man. <laughs> we know. We know. Cold wave, cold wave shippers, I see you. You know what? I see though? you and I love I, you. I thank you. I, I know you love me. I love cold wave too. Oh, but I totally forgot the B plot of this episode. That's when I first, <laughs> and this one always does make me crack up so hard. Because it's the two most weirdest pairing you have put together on an episode. It's Martin Stein and Mick, and they can't stand each other, so it's fun. I love Martin's dressing gown, though, when he was just casually wandering around the ship in his dressing gown. It's a dressing gown. Oh, is that what you call it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Oh, sorry. Am I being very English? Yeah, that's a a dressing gown. I learned something today! No, it is a dressing gown because they also mentioned that on um our flag to be deaf when he's wearing the. That's yes. true. The Steins are big on bathrobes. 
the signs of big on robes i mean dang we should have dang we should like we should have robed up this episode we failed we did fail we should have robed up sorry my six robes are in the other room sorry anyway um <laughs> stein takes the moment to make it all about himself again yeah he walks and says i'm flattered mr rory but i wasn't talking to you <laughs> oh oh he goes well who are you talking to and that's when it comes clean he admits he's been seeing snart he's been talking to his dead friend i see dead people <laughs> This is not this is not the sixth sense. <laughs> well, we're throwing in geeky references. So Although you know. if this was the sixth sense, what does that mean if it's on a time ship? Are you seeing are would you see like ghosts of everyone who's died from beginning to end, or would you see only ghosts as they appear? <gasps> Maybe he was seeing Cybermen. Do you know remember that episode in Doctor Who where everyone was seeing the army of ghosts? And so maybe, may, maybe Leonard Snart is a Cyberman and, and they're trying to break through from a different dimension. No, so therefore no. the He's a ghost, ghost on the way He's rider. a force ghost. No. Cyberman Abby, from a no. different dimension? Yes? No. Okay, right. Okay. He's a force ghost. He's a force, he force ghost. <gasps> yes! He is. He's a force. He is. He's he a force ghost. I will oh accept that. I, I love that, like, Whitworth Miller's not in this episode, but yet he's in this episode. His presence is. He's make, make your presence known. We need a. I, that's that. That's a crackbook. Someone should write. Someone should do Leonard Start and a spirit box. Oh. I like that. No, because he was like, if if the guy from Ghost Adventures was on there, Zach Braggins, I feel like Leonard Start would just diss him every two minutes, and that would be fun. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I think Leonard would absolutely mess around with Ryan Bergara. But after they have that little exchange. Mick and Stein. That's when the we're not sleeping together, and he knows that. See, happens. It is important to point out because Abby brought this up earlier. Ray in a tank top, looking great. As soon as we see the two amulets are one artifact, he climbs over the desk and puts his yes. hand on Ray's exposed bicep. We know because everyone I would do wants it to. too. Oh yes, this- and I do also love that amulet does look like the amulet from Raiders. Um, yeah. Because they also mention, you know, sort of whenever anybody watched Raiders, they always wanted to be an archaeologist. I mean, that that's, you know, it's true. You, you watch Raiders, you think, I want to do that. And archaeology is never as interesting as what well, they made it out to be. Well, because technically they're stealing from the uh, natives of that land to put it in your museum where you should have left it on the natives' yeah. land. Yeah. I agree with that guy from Black Panther about that. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I need to see Wakanda forever so bad. Yeah, me too. Uh, Nate starts to explain. Oh, these items can make up the. This is the first mention we get of the Longius Medallion, who Long- was the, yeah. the centurion who pierced the side of Christ at the crucifixion, and supposedly. As Nijax chimes in, his blood healed. I love that everybody's shocked that Jax knows this stuff. And he's like, I, he's went, like, to, I, I went to Sunday school. school. Yeah. Um, 
can I just say, um, now maybe this is where I live, because where I live, where I grew up kind of sucks. Uh, <laughs> I was in Sunday school for, a, I was in Sunday school, I was involved with helping out Sunday school for a long time before I, and we never learned about that. <laughs> I feel it's very Catholic. I it's, feel like yeah, it's a it's, Catholic thing. It's, it probably is. I am not Catholic in any sense of the, at all. Um, and it, but, and it, doesn't Sarah mention Raiders of the Lost Ark on before, like, her line was, like, this sounds very Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Yeah, she, yeah, she does. Did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's like, yeah. that's a great film. And that inspired me to be a historian. <laughs> oh, oh, Nate, it's always about I'm you. sure she mentioned sort of pretty historians or something like that. Well, what was the, what was the line? Amaya handsome, says it later on. Incredibly handsome historian. Yes. Wrong, yeah. because Harrison Ford looks so damn good as Oh yeah, Her- it's, it's okay. the ruggedy, ruggedy beard kind of thing. That man was a carpenter. He's got the, he's got some, he's got the charisma. Look, the man's eighty and still looks fantastic. He's, he survived four plane crashes, <laughs> and his son trying to kill him with a lightsaber. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> After we make this little discovery, all right, we've got to find the spear of destiny. Next week, my plan for our Legion of Doom episode, our segment's going to be, I'm going to find all the history of Spear of Destiny in the comics I can find, because that actually is an artifact in DC Comics that the JSA have to acquire during World War II. Yeah, I kind of look and see how much... I'm guessing um, the Nazis had it. Yes, sadly. I kind of want to do some research. I'll try between work because work's crazy look, right now look it actually fits because nazis stole a lot of history and art so it i do want to look in the art perspective and see how often we see it appearing or referenced yes please but we cut to two of our three um boyfriends walking they're down going the on a of- date they're going they on really a date. are see, on a date so cut to the two pretty boys walking down the street. I was like, I was re-watching this and I was just thinking, does anybody else shit Barrowman and Doc? And I was like, wait, what's Barrowman's actual name in this? I can't remember. I haven't watched this in a while. And I was like, it's just Barrowman and Doc. But yeah, does anybody else ship them? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's not just me then. No. They're in a poly relationship yeah. with Fawn. Mm-hmm. A legional polycule. Merlin, that's Berman's name. Merlin, thank you. I still couldn't remember his name. (laughs) Magician. But Merlin says to Dart, you know, after we finish this, can we go up whatever street this is? I want to see Frank Sinatra's star on the walk. He wants to go up Vine Street to see Frank Sinatra's star. He's like, like, well, we've done the evil stuff. Can we go there? Honey, we don't have time to do that right now. After we're done. done. Do you think they actually went on that date then? Please say they did. They did go on that date. They probably had a lot of time to kill. Like they had to steal the motorcycles first before they went on this date. Yes. Yeah, Dark's like, like, I'm tired of walking. Let's go get some bikes. (laughs) I, 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 I do love how flippant they are with stuff They're like, okay, I don't want to do this, so let's just do this instead. And I guess it kind of comes with being a villainous character 
you stop, you kind of start to go, you kind of stop caring about the consequences. You could definitely tell, you could definitely tell Neil and John were just having so much fun with this whole entire season. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. These two guys get off their motorcycles and they try to mug Dark and Merlin and instead, I think it's Dark, it's a yeah, I think it was dark where they were like, well, give us... Oh, you guys comedians or something? <laughs> yeah, or like, like, give us our bikes. Did you see these two guys? They don't look very powerful. Or like, something. Like, or something. Give us, our, give us your bikes and they're like, you're right. What they don't know is one of the guys they kill um, ends up inventing, inventing some some kind of like... Carburetta. 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 Thank you. Like, kind of upgrades it for motorcycles, which triggers an aberration, which triggers a minor time quake to the legends. And that's how they pick up on 1967. And Sarah kind of waves it off at first, which, which honestly is like, okay, but then it's also like, okay, well, how do we decide what's important and what's not in history and how much we're going to keep it intact? What does catch your eye, though, is that both men were killed using a league technique. Yes, the the League of Assassins. But like, yeah, you would think this car- carburetor would be semi-important. I guess somebody else came up with it then. I have no clue. It's like when Garcia Flynn in Timeless shot some British general who was supposed to be at Yorktown. Oh, God. <gasps> but that, I feel like, is a little tease for this episode of one person's effect on history is larger than you think, even if it is something as small as something new for a motorcycle or creating films. Mm-hmm. So the teams I- are getting ready to, to disembark the ship. They're going to go do some exploring. This is 1967. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ray was like, wearing flares so you can tell it was 1967. Yeah. And then they're like, where's, where's the sign? It's like, we need a sign. Legends this way. Yeah. And then we see another scene from the movie that Rip Hunter, which Rip Hunter is trying to shoot. And it's so it's the guy who looks like This is so funny. Um we know the man's that we know we know the actor for Rip quotations is this guy named Adam Glass, and we find we find that out later on. But then we have this actor who's playing Vandal Savage. And apparently he is, I have to admit, he is bad for it. So bad yeah. because, like, he's trying to say that same line that, like, Casper says so well <laughs> in the first season, and it just doesn't have the same feeling to it. Don't misquote Tacitus to me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary does it very well. <laughs> yes. I have the coat too. I should have worn it. Mary yes. is our next Vandal Savage, everyone. I don't want that title. <laughs> no, you just want his daughter. And and then he's so mad that he kind of says, cut, cut, cut. And he and then- storms out with um and this guy follows him out there. We don't know who this guy is. He's well, they called growing. him George before. They don't know if he's George. Yeah, they called him George. 
Yeah, she does. Because he says, George, do something kind of thing. And then, but we still oh, yeah. don't really know. Like, we George just know this is, some, this is some guy named George. Named George. That looked suspiciously like another George that we know. That dude oh, did horses. look a lot like George. <laughs> they, they did good, yeah. But, oh. um,. They're it's talking about Einstein. it. And... After they found for Einstein, this is good too. Um, so apparently this the- this film is for a thesis. It's due in less than a month, and apparently it's not coming together because the antagonist is his medicine as a wiener dog. Yes. Which is but not an accurate description. I feel like also, Sorry, man. Also, I feel like he's a little bit of a procrastinator and waited it until the last minute. No, definite as a college procrastinator and current procrastinator. I definitely get that. But Rip has a great line, Rip, where he says, a movie is only as good as the villain. And you know what? He's right. I agree with that sentiment. Enter two villains who start shooting with little pew pew guns. (laughs) Well, actually, actually, they they, they go up, they, they say, Rip Hunter. Because they, they see him and they think, okay, that's Rip. He's just grown, grown out his hair. But this Rip goes, no, no, no. Okay, he's gonna, he's in there. I'm the director. He's by craft services. And I love that George goes up. He's like, hey, these are great props. Uh, I, and, uh, Arthur does a very fabulous uh, American accent here, <laughs> where he's where he's an American, and he's totally was like, "See, these guys are good at the villain part." I totally. I do love how they all start firing each other, and the legends come in and shout Rip's name as well, and then there's just an all-out brawl, and George, George is just hiding, hiding behind Rip, kind of thing, and it was like, "What's happening? I don't like it." <laughs> I was like, pew, 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 pew. So, yeah, the le- so we have the Legends and we have the Legion and two, when two natural enemies meet each other, they go and fight and Rip and George go, oh, sorry, Rip, American Rip and George go hide and George is telling him, get out of here, no film is worth this when American Rip wants to go back and get his movie so he doesn't lose it. I love when the legends come in and like they are fighting and like poor Jax is just getting beat by the freaking script. He's like, and he mentions it later, but he's like, yes. Um, Jax goes to, like, is planning to go and pull Rip out to get him off the silence of safety, but American Rip breaks out and starts smacking Jax like an old lady with a handbag. No, old lady with a newspaper. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I love that Jax grabs and he hits him back once. I think it's the script. I think it's, it's the, the script. script. Yeah. Because he is, every word is punctuated with a smack. It's get away from me. And then the cops come. One that gets arrested. This scene was so funny. Arthur acted his ass off. Right, Mary? Arthur is so good at now being this panicky, whiny guy because he goes, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But the legends have a new problem. Yes, they all get back to the ship and as a side note, 
as they're going back and saying, well, that was a bust. We didn't accomplish anything. Jax goes, but Rip didn't know who we were. And he was hitting me with a non-lethal weapon. <laughs> He's so offended Rip didn't actually try to hurt him. I love that line. He we should mention one. Stein and Mick are stayed behind because... Mick asked him, you're going to help fix my brain because of these snart hallucinations. <laughs> this And Stein says, well, I'm not a therapist. You're a doctor. It's close enough. I mm-hmm. love that he started telling him a story. What was he telling him a story about? A- giant toads. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like, like toads, giant toads. toads. He goes, that's <laughs> nice. And this has nothing to do with what we were talking about. I saw you therapist mommy issues. I was like, well, we do, but I'm not I do also like uh, sort of how he's saying, I'm not a therapist. And then Sarah comes in and going, you've got to be a therapist kind of thing. And it's just a, so it's like, I'm not one, but now I've got to be one. Yeah, because they know, because now I know that Rip is in 1967 they're confused why he doesn't have any memories. So the original thought is, okay, he's just got really bad time drift. That's what it is. But they're not, and because they don't even know how long he was here for, and neither do we really. We don't know how long he spent in 1967. But then we realize that the launcher's amulet, um, which was meant to speak, he got the spear of destiny, they're connected to each other. So yeah. if the if the amulet which the Legion is currently possessing leads into 1967, that means the Spear of Destiny is in 1967. That's what they're operating on. Yeah, but they got to get the this. So that means they got to get ripped. I just love Victor in this where they're like, "Well, now you have to be a therapist," and he goes, "I," he literally his face like, like, "I guess I'll do that." And then they go to the police department, pretending to be a therapist. Once again, Sarah's the nurse, and I guess this is Mick. Mick is the the um I don't know the the henchman orderly. orderly. Yeah, the orderly. (laughs) (laughs) We're just bringing orderly. That'll work better. Yeah, (laughs) it's just different names for what it is. Henchman orderly. Yeah, (laughs) it's very leverage. I felt yes. Let's go steal us a time master. <laughs> because Stein goes, uh, you have one of my patients in custody. Name? His name. Um, what's his name? They don't know his name. Philip. Philip Gosmer. Okay, yeah, people, they- let's not lie. This is. <laughs> yeah, because Martin is. Martin is freezing. He doesn't know. Thankfully, the comms are connected. So Nate reaches out to Gideon, who looks into what's going on. Because, you know, perks of being a supercomputer, AI, um, finds out that he was arrested under the, he was, when he was booked, it was as Phil Gasma. And they cut, and he and Jax kind of give each other a look like, dude, what a name. A lot funnier because we all know our. <laughs> Our person's name Phil too. Yeah, our showrunner Phil Clemmer. Phil Clemmer. And I feel like he literally admitted that was supposed to be. I can see it. 
Phil, you're the Twi'lek from Boba Fett. This is true. If anyone's seen Book of Boba Fett, the the Major Domo's Twi'lek, the messenger guy, he looks exactly like Phil Clummer. It's a little it's, scary. It's real. It's 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 terrifying. I had to go check IMDb after watching the first episode just to make sure it wasn't Phil Clummer. Yeah, I think he actually told Tia that at one point because they were talking to him at something that he mentioned that that was supposed to be him. But Phil Klesmer is very close to Phil. Stein establishes he's my patient. He's uh, believes he's experiencing delusions of being pursued by spacemen. And the futuristic yeah. spacemen. Futuristic spacemen. Mm-hmm. The cop goes, oh yeah, that guy? Let's go. We know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> so they take him into the room and, and well, American Rip, who we now know is Phil, is what he's slouched at this table looking absolutely dejected. And a cop comes in and is like, This is your doctor. It's like, no, I've never seen this man before. And Martin's like, oh, oh, it's just a memory thing that comes with it. But it's it's kind of reminds me of how you how you read cases where the police try and they just want to get it done and they don't do it right. Very reminiscent, especially of um, what was that that one that one boy who went missing and they tried to foist another boy onto the mother and they called her nuts. Oh, that's I know what you're talking about. Those were the chicken coop murders. Uh, there's yeah. a movie uh with Angelina Jolie called The Changeling that talks about that. It's very sad. It is. Boy, it, it's it's, it's sad, but any that kind of reminded me of that anyway. Um. Mm-hmm. Sarah talks to Phil and says, no, we are your friends. We're here to help you. He goes, you're not my... Oh, Mick says, and two of them are your friends. Yeah. Honestly, if Mick still has hard feelings over Rip calling him a piece of meat, that's valid. Because that was pretty belittling and insulting. Uh, this I found the scene hilarious because... Phil simply will not calm down and says, you cannot take me. I don't know who you are. Blah, blah, blah. Sarah goes, Mick? Mick knocks him out with a punch. Well, that's actually, that's the second attempt to make him shut up because she like slaps her hand over his mouth to stop him, to stop him from screaming. And then he's like, okay, Mick, knock him out because he's not going to come quietly. So they're just kind of pushing. It's very, it's a little kind of weekend at Birdie's. Mm-hmm. going on here but it's just that they're just pu- pushing them along the corridor in the in the wheelchair slouched over and i was like this doesn't look suspicious at all don't be i mean how much did they get away with that seriously it's like the old joke of if you just walk in somewhere with a clipboard and a suit people will give you what you want abby Even i know what you're if thinking you look like the joker just put a nurse's outfit on. Nobody will ever know. I was thinking, and it's very similar when Merlin and Dark come in. The cop says, "Stabby, mm, stabby!" Oh my goodness! What's her name? I love. I have to talk about Dark's little. <laughs> the way that Dark and Merlin just walk past, like they don't even need to go in, and then Merlin just goes close and just stabs the guy. And they, they proceeded to murder everyone in the station. So Merlin and Dark really just said a cab. Does that make them legends? 
They're like the Injustice League <laughs> in Stargirl season one. When they find out, I was like, wait, you wanted to do this stuff? I do love them being in the elevator with the worst elevator music and them just sitting there. <laughs> yes. It's what? just, yes, many things have Look, happened people, in the elevator. People, if this was on HBO Max, we would have got a whole different scene in that. <laughs> if this was on HBO Max, um, they would have had visible blood on them. That too. <laughs> That's true. Yes, but they are such good villains. That I mean, when I say good villains, as in they are elite villains at the toppest rank of their topness or bottomness, depending on whatever, that they can just go in, stab and not have any blood whatsoever, even though the cop like, stab, 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 hot. They're quality villains to watch, not to emulate. Yes. And kids, don't try this at home. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of life lessons in this episode. Along, but while they're trying to find a way out, they send the signals to the wave riders like, hey, um, we need to get picked up, please, in the station. Everyone here is dead and we have nowhere else to go. And Ray goes, I can fly the ship. I got channeled by Inner Han Solo. Yes. Well, Gideon, Gideon does most of the flying. Again, I yes, does. Ray is not the hand solo of this show. Right, it's not Han Solo. Sorry, it's not Han Solo. No, I loved him doing that line. I proper geeked out the first time. As soon as he said that, I was like, "Yes, you be Han Solo. You fly the Millennium Falcon, even though it's a red wave, wave rider. You do it, Ray. You do it." And it I, was on I autopilot. That's not the point. The question is, what is it to say? This is where the fun begins, or <laughs> now this is pod racing oh i think this is very now this is pod racing yes (laughs) this is where the fun begins no you you can't beat han solo i'm sorry apart from if you're kylo ren and then you do beat him that's true my god i got a bad feeling about this that's no moon that's a space station but as yeah. Ray is flying i love jack's running out to go ray if you break my ship you buy it yeah, I, I wrote that. Yeah, whatever. If you Ray, break it, you not crash it. my ship. You break it, you buy it. And meanwhile, Phil's awake on the roof, and he is absolutely pissed off, which you can't blame him. Yeah, he's freaking out, talking about, I am not Rip Hunter. I don't know who you're talking about. They're... They try to explain, no, you are a rip hunter. You're a time master. You brought us all together. And he goes, there is no time ship. Time ship appears. I absolutely loved that. And it was just so reminiscent of the, the ramp coming down. And they were getting shot out with little pew pew guns. And it was a bit like sort of in New Hope when they're all rushing up. On in Moss Eisley escaping on the Millennium Falcon and then the ramp comes up and it was like, yes, the parallels are fantastic. Yes. Also, um, Phil does mention here, he says, did I drop some really bad acid? Yeah. <laughs> which kind, which honestly, I mean, I know, I we've we've all written something before. If you saw your, what your fic come to life, you'd want I honestly would wonder that too. And I don't even, I don't do drugs, but I would wonder that. Did someone put something in my food? 
uh, when Abby brought up New Hope, there are several points in this episode where I could feel them lifting plot beats from A New Hope. Like, not mm-hmm. even, like, literal, between little re- literal references and just when things happen in the story. Yeah. It's a great homage. It's a great yeah. piece of parody. We this definitely is- know the writers were good, really big Star Wars fans. Yeah, th- this is one of the reasons I absolutely love this episode kind of thing. Because my inner Star Wars geek was not inner anymore. It was it was all out loving this episode and thinking from from the very moment that geeky references popped up, I'm like, you know what? I'm loving this series. It's fantastic. One could argue here that, um, especially the New Hope parallel, one could argue here that um, Phil is kind of a parallel to Luke Skywalker He's about to, he does, he's being chased after by these people who are technically oh. hunting him because he has something important. You he's, have something he, I want. I want. It's, yes! Yes! I wrote that down for later. Yes, because Dark says things along those lines later. And that's what I thought of immediately. You have something I want. Dark's, Dark's got that mafia idiot energy going for him. And I love it. And I love when they all finally get to the ship right when Merlin and not fun Merlin and Dark try to get to them from the roof. Sarah has that little Sarah Lance smirk as the door closes. It's her Zoolander moment. Yes! <laughs> we should put that at the beginning. That yeah. <laughs> yes. and a little hand solo. In there, the too. holy Lance's Zoolander moment. <laughs> oh yeah, she does mention uh, when they're talking. We got to get the Spear of Destiny. I prefer the Holy Lance. You would <laughs> something that kind of hit me too during this episode, and we'll touch on it because this is coming up when Ray mentions that um, the Raiders Raiders of the Lost Ark was what made him want to be a historian. I did write him in my notes. So has Nate ever seen National Treasure? <laughs> he definitely did. There's no way because he did that at night at the at the museum. It, you can't oh yeah, you can't. You can't. I mean, listen, Nate is essentially Ben Gates from National mm-hmm. Treasure. You're so right for that. And this is the the Marty McFly moment. So basically, they start forgetting things. So instead of them fading out of history. Ray, Ray's realizing that he, he he's forgotten something. Nate's realizing he he doesn't know things. They just and, stupider. And so basically, <laughs> the four four PhDs. I forgot kind of thing. And so basically, their their sort of history is being erased slowly because time has changed. And that's when they're sort of when they're back on the on the ship. And he was like, "Oh, Ray, can you do this?" It was like, "How would I know that?" And it was like. And so, yeah, so it's, when I was rewatching that, I was like, it's a Marty McFly thing. They're fading from history. So that was a Back to the Future reference. I said I would mention it later. Yeah, I love that Amaya was literally like, what's wrong with you two? You're dumber than usual. I mean, you're dumb, but you're dumber <laughs> than usual. Yeah, that comes after, because um, they t- now that they have Phil, they have Phil back. So it's like, okay, let's see what's going on with you, man. Let's check out this time drift. It's not time drift. It's not time drift. That's not a moon. <laughs> that's not time. That's not time drift. That's a rewritten identity. 
Also, while he's seeing his uh, his brain getting scanned, Mick was like, can we do that to me? Because I need to know what's going on in my brain. He's I like, I'm having too. feelings. Fix me. I don't like feelings. Please fix me. This is when you get uh, what I like to call the Legends Wheel of Ships. Because occasionally it feels yes. like a writer's room will spin and be like, all right, who are we going to pair up this episode? Mm-hmm. So having Stein and Martin, the part when he like grabs Stein and goes, Professor, you gotta fix me. It's like, okay. 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 I just love how he was just sort of, I don't want to have feelings. It hurts too much kind of thing. It, it is just, really sad. I don't like it. Fix me. But... Oh, this is when, wait, since we're talking about Ray and, not Ray, about Stein and Mick, this is when Mick says something of, I have an idea. That'd be a breakthrough for oh. you. Oh, like, yeah. 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 Again, Mick Stein says two things that were so bad in this episode, which again is the whole, like, you can see the breakdown. I mostly blame this on Stein of how, like, Mick starts turning on everybody. Martin Stein, president of the Mick Rory Hate Club. Oh, that's that that's literally and honest and i mean when you think i mean the question the question is like how much is like he's holding i feel like sometimes it's just like he holds all of mick's past against him he holds what he did his heat wave against him he holds his criminal career against him he holds his time as chronos against him and honestly some of it is valid because mick has hurt a lot of people mick's not a good guy but i found this especially heartbreaking Mm -hmm. In an episode where we see Mick really trying to reach out and admitting he's, something, I don't feel okay, and I need vulnerable. someone to help. He's being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That's what he's doing. He's being vulnerable. And unfortunately, Stein is not the person to go to when he's feeling. That's like the worst choice you can make. And I know Mick doesn't know this either. Mick- Stein's barely coming to terms with his own magic child. <laughs> his own so it's not good times all around. You know, I'm sad we never got to see Stein find out that Mick had his own poopsie. As we've established, when Oliver Queen died, the best thing he ever did, everything else went back for the better. I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, hang on, are you saying that when Oliver Queen died, the multiverse just sprang back into a multiverse again instead of, like, two realities or something? Whatever they tried to tell us in the crossover, We're saying that that, uh, when Oliver died, uh, Martinstein came back to life as well as Leonard Snart. That's what we're saying. I like that. Yeah, I'll accept that. In the comic, though, the Legends comic that came out, Jack's... And Mick met up again. So Jax at least knows about all of his kids. Jax knows. Jax probably doesn't want to know. Jax knows. Poor Jax. Yeah, how many kids did, did Mick have in the first place, though? Because that was, I mean, one human one, but a whole lot of little baby octopi. 48, I think they say. Yeah, One human one so that he knows of. I don't like Becky knows of. So Mick's had two oopsies. <laughs> at least. <laughs> wrap it up kids wrap it up during sex <laughs> amen meanwhile back with Amaya and the two himbos 
they're all trying to put something together. They're trying to find new information on the Spear of Destiny. And Ray's looking at the schematic and goes, I can't read this. <laughs> Use one of your four PhDs. I don't Did remember. I forgot? <laughs> and, yes. and then Nate is sitting there like, I've been looking at this book about Longaeus or whatever. And it's just yes! hers. That mispronunciation absolutely set me when he is like, oh yeah, you're really affected. I like the truth is, yes, they turn into himbos and then like they're running towards Sarah. I love the little nugget though, because of this whole thing. Nick is uh, Nate is a yoga instructor. So new headcanon, Nate and Bayron have done yoga together. Yes. Um obviously. But Amaya picks up the director's slate that they, that they, I think they nicked it probably from the film set. Not sure how, but she sees G. Lucas written on her. And it's like, Lucas, isn't that what Ray pretends he's allergic to? Which is, <laughs> that is very much a cultural thing right there. That's because so funny. she's from the 40s. I mean, that, that wasn't, I don't think, I mean, gluten-free stuff wasn't really going around like crazy back in the 40s. You got what you got, essentially, and you had to avoid your foods that would make you sick. And this is, actually, this is our first confirmation to get that Ray is gluten intolerant, which is which I thought was okay, that's nice. Because that's Brandon cool. is gluten intolerant, so they were Yeah. It. Which is cute. I think, I like that little meld in. But then they're like, okay, so it's George Lucas. Am I asked to look at George Lucas? <laughs> I uh, really liked the the way they came out with sort of you know I watched Star Wars, so it expired you know so I became a rocket scientist to make all these shiny giz- gizmos and stuff like this, and sort of Nate liked Indiana Jones, so that inspired him to become an archaeologist. And I was like, did you ever wonder if you'd done something differently as a kid, what you'd be like now instead? So it's like if we didn't have if we, it's it's like convergence of, of um, timelines kind of things. So basically, what would alternate you be like if you took it? If sort of you thought, no, I won't watch Star Wars, or I'll watch something else instead, or do you know what I mean? Or if you if your parents watched something else and therefore didn't bring you up as a geek, it would be sort of what would you know the different different alternate abby or alternate kate would be or the alternate mary it's like what would it be Weird. like i mean us four probably wouldn't be talking now today no no we, if we like hadn't watched goofy things as kids. i don't i don't like yeah. that timeline i know that's like the that darkest timeline, timeline. <laughs> so therefore I mean, what, they had if to I, what if i whatever if i hadn't gone to my friend's movie night i would never have gotten into mm. fandom period if anyone hasn't seen everything everywhere all at once, they do oh touch kind of on this idea of diverging timelines. Yeah, um, and- yeah. I also recommend it. It's literally what if she didn't do. There is a one. I don't want to get into it because I don't want to spoil. There is one mm-hmm. universe where she does like what her father wanted her to do at some point, and it's just mm-hmm. so interesting. It brings you back to the back to your. Back to the Future thing as well. So it's basically when the timeline split, you've got to go back to the beginning to actually unsplit them again, kind of thing. But yeah. But then it seems like the the sound of thunder too. Yeah. 
We've established Sound of Thunder with Callus. <laughs> uh, all right, Rebels fans, that one's for you. There you go. <laughs> our first Rebels reference. But no, we've, well, we've referenced Rebels before, but our first one in this one, yeah. Before they mention, before Gideon mentions, well, George Lucas in another timeline, not the one that we're currently in, will make all these films. George Lucas in this timeline wins Insurance Salesman of the Year in... 77, 80, and 83. When did New Hope come out? 77, Empire, 80, 80, Jedi, 83. 83. Hmm. I love that Sarah doesn't give a crap. Sarah's like, "And and why should I care about all of this? It's a Maya in that scene. Because oh, if goodness. he doesn't stay in school, they don't fulfill their full potentials. Yeah, Amaya, for Amaya doesn't, because for Amaya, I mean, movies aren't so widespread. You go to a movie, you go to a theater. I and mean, we actually see that in the next episode. She does talk about her comfort film. Yeah. No, um, I do remember Sarah, like, and uh, why should we change the George Lucas thing? Oh, really oh, care. oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. No, you're good. They both happen because they. Yeah. No one. Everyone's like, why should we care about George Lucas? Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry for that. Came up later, but um, I do love that Gideon explains that Lucas is the car salesman, but in another timeline, without interference, that he would have created movies about space battles and improbably handsome archaeologists. Yes, improbably handsome. Look, we're not. Gideon has a crush on Harrison Ford. Do not argue oh, yeah. with this. Gideon, well, yes. Gideon is the Harrison. Okay, so I, I, I wish that um someone had let Gideon watch movies with Harrison Ford because I think it's probably different watching as a human rather than as an AI. You know what? Gary Tucker, head canon now. He also likes um you know Star Wars and um. Uh, Wait, Gideon is wait is Gideon that one droid who became uploaded into the Falcon and Solo? Yes, Baby Waller British droid. What's her name? Yeah, I yes. It. I don't. I. I. Okay. Here's my. Here's my. I think it's L. L three. L three. L three. I haven't finished Solo. Solo gets a bad rap. I don't think it's bad. Um, you have I, Lando. I love Solo. It produced the things I wanted. I Castle haven't run. Uh, Han winning the Falcon from Lando, and Han rescuing Chewie for the life death. And and confirming it had the that three Lando, things that I wanted. And confirming and Lando it. is a huge bisexual. Uh, Donald Lover man, he ate. He's omnisexual. That's it. Thank you. So the team, Amaya, Nate, and Ray decide. Well, we're going to go find George Lucas. Problem is, George Lucas has already dropped out of film school. Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason she said they could do that was because the uh, the uh, Spear of Destiny was in George Lucas's top box. That's right. We find that yes. out. Yeah. Later. Sarah's like, Sarah's there was also absolutely. a scene of him getting rid of props. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sarah absolutely, Sarah absolutely did not give a crap that George Lucas didn't make film but once she found out the spirit destiny was in that prop box she's like oh we have to get that back so yeah fix it the way ray and nate ambush george lucas is really <laughs> funny because they go if you don't go back to school we don't become what we are 
We don't fulfill our, our full potentials. It's the, the mean future is at stake. Talk. You are our only hope. It's the um, mean girl's sex talk. If you not, if you not produce Star Wars, love, you won't be nerds and will die. Maya was all like, "Let me handle this," and she probably should handle that. Then they were like attacking the poor guy, and I don't know how he didn't go. I'm not making movies for crazy. I love Nate's little stay in school. <laughs> yes. I just love her just quoting Leia. It was like, you're our only hope. Oh, we'll get there. Because yeah. right before that is one of my favorite lines. He goes, yeah. Do you people from the future? And Amaya goes, I'm from the past. That's not the point. Yes. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yeah. And says, but... this isn't just about us. This isn't about this one moment. This is about millions of other people who will be inspired by your work. You're our only hope. Love that Amaya is his inspiration for Leia. Love it. Love that. <laughs> we yeah, that was a great that was crazy one. It's so great to have I feel like it's perfect having Amaya being the one to say those Carrie Pushman mm-hmm. lines. I don't think I would have been, I think mean she deserved it. Maisie killed it. Yeah, because she also used their Leia's line in the trash compactor in a little few scenes time as well. Yeah. With the Anyway, we'll come back to that. We'll but yeah, it was there again then. The quote I know, I know it's fiction, but the idea of George Lucas taking inspiration That's from awesome. a freaking superhero for Leia. It's perfect. It is perfect. Back in the Wave Rider. Um, it, wait, we forgot the whole thing of. <laughs> yeah, Nate, yeah, Nate, I don't want to be a yoga instructor. And Ray's like, I don't want to be a heart surgeon. A big heart surgeon is a good job. That's at least you know what it's a good job, but not everyone wants to be a heart surgeon. You save people's lives, right? I mean, seriously. Yes, but no, he would I, save bro, people's lives as a hero as well. Bro, being I don't do good with blood and people's inner workings. Maybe raised the same way, but also that's like if you screw up, you kill someone. I'd rather be a. Ant-Man, Iron Man knockoff in a heart surgeon. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, you're asking, do I want these incredible technical skills or can I fly? I feel like, like everyone's picking to fly. I'd want to fly. You can shrink and then expand in someone's anatomy like, and then explode them. It's brilliant. It's like asking, do you want to live in the Matrix or do you, in the Matrix and not be able to get out of the Matrix or do you want a lightsaber? I want a lightsaber. Two of them, like Ahsoka. Nate is Ahsoka core. <gasps> and meanwhile, as Kate said, back on the wave rider, <laughs> they are finished scanning Mick's brain. And Mick has one of like, oh, good news, I'm not crazy. But Stein found something in there. He found good a soldiers chip. follow orders. Soldiers follow orders! <laughs> Kate's going through it. Yeah, so he found a chip in his brain. So we've all had that problem before. And it it sucks, man. It's a slime, Sarah. It's true. (laughs) If you're not up to date with the Star Wars listeners, all the clones had chips implanted into their brains that when Order 66 happened, they all flipped and had them killed. Apart from the ones who had faulty chips. So therefore, Mick is a clone soldier. We're just saying that. Well, he Mick was Kronos. 
And Kronos is Boba Fett. So yes. I mean, how do how do we know that Mick isn't actually Mick wasn't they didn't actually clone Mick? Yeah, oh my goodness, done. imagine multiple mix that is not you good for the universe. There were too many clones on Legends of Tomorrow, so they probably this didn't want to do that. I can't say, listen, I, I want to say Ava is Cody, but I feel like I'm stereotyping too much there. <laughs> but yeah. they also mentioned um, about how Leonard Stark was just a billion particles of stardust in the world kind of thing, and it was like, that gave all my feelings. Oh, Less yes, I'm not going to mention the fact that before this episode starts, you have to see Leonard Snart die. Yeah, like, like, last time on Legends of Tomorrow, and you show him dying, and then you talk about him being blown to bits. Thank you, Legends, for giving me the feels again for Leonard making me cry. This is a little silly, but when they were saying parts of Leonard Snart when the time drive thing happened, and when he blew up the Oculus, pieces of him became infused in time. It felt very, the force is made up of all living things. Man, It's like, like duct tape. It's got a light side and a dark side and it binds the universe together. Wait, wait. Is the force really Leonard Snart? Yeah, no, he's a force. Next question. Yes. He's made out of midi-chlorians, yeah. Leonard Snart's the midi-chlorians. Oh my god. Listen, I if I... Listen, if Leonard Snart was able to have the lightsaber that Ray makes later on, he would have said cool. But you know, inside, he would have been having a goddamn field day. Yes. He would be having a blast. I can see Snart, for some reason, I can see Snart using the Force, but he has to use the Force the way Professor X uses his powers. Yes! He's got to have the fingers on his temple. <laughs> and he's got to make that face as well that it looks like he's constipated. There's what. <laughs> but so Mick wants to chip out, and Martin's like, I'm not that kind of doctor. Like, you gotta fix me, Doc. Yeah. So that's a Star Trek reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a. That's Bones a, was always Bones. saying he's not that type of doctor. Or I'm a, I'm a I, doctor, I'm not a, a bricklayer. Yeah. I'm a doctor, not a. Escalator. Later. I can't remember the other two, but there were others. I mean, overall, with all the references, Back to the Future, Star Trek, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, it's really, it's not just a love letter Doctor to Hill. Star Wars. It's Doctor Who. It's a love letter to all things geeky, really. Mm-hmm. That stories have the power yeah. to shape us. That, no, we're not silly for liking stories. They make us the, the way we are. Well, because yes. if you if you think about it, the writers really love all this stuff. If there wasn't Star Wars, Star Trek, would Legends even exist? That's no, the no, thing. Nope. no. <gasps> We're the little, we are the little engine that could. So that would be kind of weird because if the Legends hadn't gone back to save George Lucas and get him to fill school, okay, then therefore the Legends wouldn't have existed in the first place. Because mm-hmm. science fiction, as we know it, wouldn't have been established properly. And we would have just had car salesman Lucas. And it was like, I'm not about that life. And that really would have been the darkest timeline, not having the legends on our screens. That, that would. That's, that's a really. I feel like this episode was written because of that thought 
of that like well if george lucas never made all the stuff we would never be here like if you didn't have spielberg if you didn't have lucas if you didn't have all those fantastic sci-fi fantasy writers you would never have exactly it's like a love letter to the sort of sci-fi fandom saying yeah we see you we know that things have been you, you've been inspired by things that you've been watching as as kids, as young adults, as you know, old farts kind of thing. You, you you've been inspired by things that we've made for you. So you know, keep watching, keep being awesome. Yeah, because you're be right. inspired and change the world. Because so many things have been invented because of sci-fi, like mobile phones. They see the yeah. communicator on Star Trek. Yeah, and think, I yeah. Want that. a lot of yeah. um a lot of the stuff they were using um like the um you know the um star trek the doctor stuff too a lot of that Mm. um came into being like there's no way they're not trying transporter technology eventually because unless you get geeks being geeks and nerds then you don't get the new technology developing kind of thing so you you've got to be inspired somehow otherwise it doesn't evolve I mean, think. I mean, it kind of. It, I'm kind of thinking of The Martian now, and how when they decide to bring Mark Watney home, they call it Project Elrond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really great because you got freaking bored over there. Yes. Uh, but I, it, although I've never seen Lord of the Rings, so I really should rectify that. You need to see. It's like one of those also very fantastic uh, movie fantasy. Like if you didn't have Tolkien, I mean, so many things. There's like this whole season is basically very Tolkien esque, where mm. if Tolkien the Shire is exist, on fire, we're going yeah. to Mordor. Yeah, I, I mean, even Stranger Things uh, pulls things from like Tolkien or you know sci-fi. You wouldn't have a lot of stuff without these people who put it forward. Gene Roddenberry, nothing, nothing. Mm. It would have been like a desert. Ray ba- Bradbury, Twilight Zone, all that stuff. I think it's fascinating about this gener our generation right now as a whole with the airing on with what's going on with TV right now because there are a lot of reboots that are coming and yes one could argue about the creativity of TV with that fair enough but it also makes me think at the same time it's a love letter to mm. things we grew up with what ha- is what happens next and it's we interesting thank- we thank what came before us. We continue the stories that needed a conclusion. And and right now we have this like, yes, like you have like also resurgence of like inter- other things, interview with the vampire, vampires, uh, zombies, like Walking Dead just ended. Now you have The Last of Us, which is kind of a zombie thing. And they just had like the most fantastic episode. You wouldn't have had that without a video game. And without people who probably love the zombie genre. And I feel like we really do see that love letter when Phil goes to talk to Sarah and Sarah's looking at his old pocket watch where he keeps the picture of his family. And Phil's saying, Phil's talking with her and Sarah mentions how Rip saved her life. And then corrects and says, no, you saved my life. You showed me there's more out here. And he says, oh, like, say, oh, the kind of reminds Sandra in my script. And she's confused. And he goes, and he's, he's, he 
He's a very male response here. <laughs> he says, yeah, I have a female heroine. Get with Get the with times. times. <laughs> Again, yes. that was the 60s. So think of that. There wasn't any. True. Okay. Very, especially groundbreaking for a white man to do. Mm-hmm. It was also 1967. So yeah. the females you had was Ahura. And oh my goodness, that was groundbreaking because she was on the bridge mm-hmm. <laughs> on, yes. on the Enterprise kind of thing. And it was like, well, unless it... Cause- yeah, because you don't have to have Wonder no. Woman until like the eight. No, yeah, until later yeah. either. Jax finds a script and says that they're all in it. His character's name is Max. I thought I thought that was really sweet. I realize it's repressed memories, but at the same time, I also interpret it as a love letter to his dear legends. It's his that, fan fiction. It is his fan. He fiction. is he. Listen, Rip Hunter might be the fighter. Of the Bad Batch, if we're going in D and D, Phil Gasmer is the bard, and I like. Uh, this is the moment as they're looking through the screenplay and they realize, oh my God, they're all looking for these certain things. Rip, you know where the Spear of Destiny is, and he says, "No, my part, my prop master has yeah, those." Yeah. And this is might be one of the top five lines of the episode, and it's a great out of context screenshot. Oh my God. George Lucas has the Spear of Destiny. Yes! (laughs) Yes. But unfortunately, we saw him throwing it in the garbage. garbage. Yeah, because he was... but So he was ready to leave film school. Really, Amaya gets the credit for talking him back into Mm -hmm. going... Yeah, because, like, again, if I had those two coming up to me, I'd be scared. So scared. I wouldn't trust him. They were yelling at him, the poor guy. What what did they say before the two of the Legion of Doom members show up? Because the two Legion so glad you decided to stay in film school, something like that. Yes, because then Merlin and Dark come in. We agree. You know they're fans. Ever. And this is where Dark says, You have some you have something we have traveled a long, a very long way for. Essentially, Mandalorian wasn't even out at this point, but no. it's it just kind of and somehow it almost pre it predates. You have something I want. Maybe the Mandalorian was quoting that the dream, the dream that that is that's a Star Wars it's show would take influence from our so little pure time travel show. It could be. You never know. Wait, who but, wrote that episode of The Mandalorian? But what really gets me here is Malcolm's rage. Malcolm's little hissy fit that he throws. <laughs> Such a diva. Yes, because he because he goes to Lucas and he just screams, Where is it? <laughs> We're on a time crunch here. <laughs> I do like, like the- I need to go on a date later. <laughs> I love the little uh, lady and gentleman. <laughs> yes. Again, I get it. Because literally, I yes, Malcolm's evil. I don't know if he's not. He's doing this to bring back Tommy. This yeah. whole thing is for him to bring back his son. So he, yeah, cool he's motive. doing it. Yeah, Still murder. 
Cool motive, still murder. All yeah. villains don't think they're villains. They are doing no. it for their own reasons because they think it's right. Okay, some villains know they're villains. But, you know, it's like they're doing it for a reason that is, you know, for I have brought what he peace, thinks is good. Freedom, yeah. justice, and security to my, to my new, new empire. empire. Your new empire is Malcolm Merlin a baby girl or um Ooh, is he what was our or um, baby girl? Dark is Dark. a baby girl. Dark is baby girl. Malcolm gives a meow. Actually, Eobard is a meow meow. Yes, Eobard is like a meow meow. I mean, he like is a meow meow. He is the loser. So he has to be meow meow. Is Merlin wait wait, wait, wait. Okay, the princess loser slut scale. Oh, uh, we wait, no, we gotta save this. This is good for Legion of Doom. Okay, we'll save it for next time. So next tune in next time for the princess loser slut scale of the Legion. Um, I you're right. Merlin is the girl boss. Girl boss. He's girl boss. Dark gaslights. Dawn gatekeeps. Actually, wait, actually, does Thawne gaslight? Because he did pull one of them. Actually, you know, what are we saying? Thawne is the ultimate gaslighter. Uh, Thawne is the gaslighter. I'm sorry. Dark gatekeeps. Oh, yeah. Anyway. He's just I sl- liked he's Dark just better when guy. he was a howling commando. So true, bestie. <laughs> he was a, he's a cop on Lone Star now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he got I was like... Is he evil? He always plays evil, but when he doesn't, but is he? I don't know. And it's like, he's very well cast. I love him. And then he got eaten by Robert Carlyle in Ravenous. He's also in, I told you, Band of Brothers. He's also he, was in Tin Man. He's, he's also okay. on TikTok, which scared yeah, the hell out yeah, of me when I you s- said I said you, I found that video of Neil on TikTok and I sent it to you. My favorite little character note in this scene is dark mocking George Lucas yeah because they're they're all in a dorm room that's what happened they just went into some (laughs) random's dorm room you think that someone was in there just trying to chill out and then you have this these two guys breaking down the door leading in that one random dude you see down the hall with the guy who drops ass at half half the day and just and the, and then you're ordered to get out. You get kicked out of your own room, and you don't know what the hell is going on. Knock on the door. Are you are you saying that the that the person who lived in that room got sexiled? Yes. yes. <laughs> this is uh yeah, it's dark that says this line when he says, "George Lucas, I'm going to ask you a very important question that will depend on you living or dying. Where?" Is the city dumb? Because they yes! threw all the props away. That delivery, immaculate. Why would we think they would look up the cra- the trash collection times though? They're villains. They're not smart. That's true. Also, writing convenience. There is like a- more fun to go and scare the crap out of some poor, yeah, exactly, poor mm-hmm. film student than go on Twitter. No. Hang on, it's 1967. You haven't got the internet. They can't look them up unless they've got Twitter or, you know, sort of the government website to tell you what time the garbage collectors is. It's like, it's the past. It doesn't have the internet. 
we do get a little quick flashback to the wave rider where Sarah and Jax are trying to go find everyone that's been kidnapped and they pass by Stein and <laughs> doing surgery on Mick in the chair. Stein, what are you doing? Surgery. Brain surgery. What does it look like? <laughs> and they just walk away. Just follow orders. Like, eh. <laughs> my favorite scenes because they don't stop them. They it's one of my favorite scenes because they're just going past. And he's like, and they're like not carrying that. Like he's literally cutting it to mixed braid and he's bleeding. There's blood. Blood, man. I'm not a doctor. How hard could it be? Gideon drives. Sorry, I was going to say, I did get really quite excited when I realized that they were going to get put in a garbage chute. I was, I'm sorry, I got very excited. They like, they have arrived at this big, we realize, is a trash... Where trash the, compactor! Trash compactor! Trash Call it by its real name! Trash compactor! And they're looking... Ugh. They say, okay, Legion of Doom, you're gonna find the Spear of Destiny in this garbage chute. <laughs> and I think it's dark that says, oh no, you're going to find it. <laughs> Shoves them all in. What's the line, Kate? Into the garbage chute, flyboy! Oh, wait, no. That's Star Wars. <laughs> and Kate, I, I, the one I did write down was, shut up and dig George Lucas. Write that down, too! Just, that's a great out-of-context screenshot. I love that so much because it's it's just objectively hilarious. Shut up and dig George Lucas. That's where we got the Indiana Jones inspiration. Yes, that's how we got it. I did call them the Hanagram murder husbands here. Yes, because they're because eventually they start debating. Just like, well, they're not working hard enough. Shoot one of them. Which one? I don't care. Dealer's choice. It's very much when they got Mason uh, have ripping yes. his own nose off and Will goes, oh. he's, your pa- he's your patient doctor. God, I, that scene, like, I hate Mason Verger with a burning passion, but God, that scene is hard to watch. That's oh, so good. Everyone should watch Hannibal and Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Uh, so now they're, they're in the, but they realize before the shooting uh, conversation happens, mm, they need a little incentive. So they flush the button and starts compacting. And what then does that remind you of? It's like, don't just stand there, try and brace it with something. Fantastic. So and good. she says the layer line. <laughs> oh, also, we forgot to mention that um, Moreland stole Amaya's totem. Yes, that is yes. important. So none I of them have superpowers. That. So because um, so they're sitting in the garbage uh, garbage chute, trash compactor, and they've mm-hmm. realized that um, there's no totem, that he can't steal up, he hasn't got his atom soup, so they're kind of screwed. So when the, when the garbage chute, the trash compactor starts compacting, they're kind of fucked. Are we allowed to swear and- on this? Anyway, they're fucked. <laughs> that's our pg-13 swear we're good yeah okay and it's interesting too when we also because eventually what happens is george lucas finds the spear of destiny 
or the, at least a fragment of it. And he wants to give it to them, to the Legion, so they're going to leave him alone so he gets to live. But he's being told not to. We need a little bit of the, um, the little train that could here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because they're like, if you don't believe it, it'll happen. And I think it's Peter I think Pan. I can, I think, yeah, that too. Well, the, the little train that could was like, I think I can, I think I can. So I had to believe that it could yeah. to go up the. Yeah, but yes, also Peter Pan. <laughs> George we... Lucas, what do you really want? I want to be a director! And then they get their powers. Honestly, it's such a good moment. It's so good. Yes. You have to believe. You've got to believe in yourself. By believing in yourself, you help others. Yes, you inspire. Uh, They get their power. We did miss one Amaya line that I don't want to forget, where she says, we're all going to die because of a stupid movie. Yeah, that was was really great. I, I do. This is why I love Amaya. Because, yeah, she's from the past, so some of the stuff, like, this is 20 years ahead of her. She doesn't really, it's within her wheel, it's, it's, it's within her wheelhouse more than present day for the Legends, but it's still stuff that's a little, okay, I have to process this now. Because, I mean, for her, movies were, movies, yeah, they were there during the war, and they usually would have the newsreels going before you used to have a newsreel, the cartoon, and then a movie, and then another movie. You had a really long time that you could spend at the theater back then. And then trailers were after the film. Hence mm-hmm. why they were called trailers. Trailers. Trailed hey. after. Fun fact. That's why the film previews. I like it. Uh, in between the I want a direct scene, we get Phil left alone with Gideon on the wave rider and Gideon still keeps calling him captain and he says I'm not your captain and she tells him I see in you what I see in Rip Hunter courage intellect and honor but I believe in you that's pretty hot that is she had to save her man spoiler she chose the better man after this <laughs> well Rip keeps doing her dirty so but in this moment they needed each other so wait are we saying so is Rip Warner and Gideon is L legally blonde I'm sorry that's the first thing I could think of yes you know what fits yes. Dr. Garber's there we can make yes. a legally blonde reference <laughs> the shoe fits because <laughs> Gary is Oh, what Gary is. What's that man's name? Who she ends up marrying. Yeah, isn't it Luke Black? something? Because he's Wilson. also in Star... Yeah, Luke, Luke Wilson. Wilson. He's in Stargirl. Yes. It's something with the E. God, he is so good in Stargirl. I love him. Luke Wilson as in Owen Wilson's brother. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Luke Wilson, who was also in X-Files ages ago. What? Yeah, he was in an episode of X-Files. Oh, nice. nice. Oliver's mother was in an episode of X-Files. Probably everyone in Vancouver has been in an episode of X-Files. That's true. <laughs> That's Robbie and Mel was in the reboot of X-Files. Mm. Emmett. Emmett. His name was Emmett. I forgot it. <laughs> Emmett Brown. No, wait, that's the doctor. Oh, Never mind. oh Emmett from Legally Blonde. Gary is Emmett. Emmett! That was Emmett. his name. 
I want to call attention once everyone's got their powers and they've gotten out of the trash compactor. Amaya gets the totem back. Love her beating Merlin's ass. We get a little Wilma yes. scream. I love. I absolutely loved it. He deserved to get his ass beat. And also, Jack's just coming out of the Wave Riders, shooting his little pew pew gun, yes. looking like a nice leather jacket. And it was like his a certain Han stone Solo. trooper, which is kind of hot. I was going to say Finn because oh, Finn too works, but I, I was because saying, it was it was just the, the storm trooper blaster that he somehow managed to find, and I was like, yes, I love that. And or I was like, is that my brain throwing more Star Wars connections? And it was like, yeah, that's my brain throwing more Star Wars connections. Let's have it. But yeah. And then Phil is standing there in Rip's coat. So, put it on a British accent, too. We hear a British accent. So, was he pretending to put on a British accent? So, it was basically, it was American Rip pretending to be British Rip. Pretending to be, no, hang on. It was English actor. English pretending actor. to be American, pretending to be British. Pretending to be American, pretending to be an Englishman. From the future. Arthur Darville's talent. That's acting. Yeah. Um I I I get snippets of Dr. Faustus all the time. Go look up that performance. When he plays Mephistopheles in mm-hmm. Faust. It's so good. It looks good. He's also in Oklahoma on the West End, which thank God back to Cowboys. Why are you <laughs> Who's he playing? Why, why do you why do you look the like the main you? dude? Hurley. Hurley. Yeah. Why do you look like you're auditioning for Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's on there anymore, though. Is he I thought he was there. Uh, well, we have to mention everyone has to come to a standstill because Aobard th- shows up, and his boyfriends are like, "You're kind of late." late. It's yeah. Like we had a date. You're late. Okay, yeah, and that's when we think it's Rip making his entrance. We think we th- we're led to believe Gideon inspired him, but then we hear a click. And now bullets are in the chamber of the gun. And then why does it have no bullets? Oh, crap. So that reminded me of an Indiana Jones reference when Indy is standing there and they've run out of bullets. And oh, so the other guys ran out of bullets and then he just hits him with a sword. Oh, yes. I, no, I like no. when he tries to shoot him, then you know, the whip. And that was actually yes. not supposed to happen, if I recall. Mm. He was just, that was not in the script at all. Anyway, it just reminded me of an Indiana Jones uh, thing. Oh, so yeah, it was no. like, yes. The Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland is really great. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's a runaway mine train. Of course it is. You get to drop. I have a note here because everyone starts heading back to the ship. Because they've got the pieces. Where's George? Where's George? Oh yeah, where's George? Yeah, where 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 did we where did we put him? Where George? Where did they put George? It's good Is he still in the compactor? Is he hiding out? It's like, is he still in the trash compactor? We forgot George. We forgot George. We We forgot forgot George. George! Oh, and Rip. But it's like you forgot Rip. Yes, but where's George? This scene of Sarah watching Rip get taken felt very new hope when Luke sees Obi-Wan die. Yes! Yes. Oh my goodness, yeah. Blast the door, kid! So we cut back to the ship. Sarah has them. Uh, they've got, like, both pieces of the amulet. They've got a piece of the spear. And Jax tries to tell Sarah that 
we are a hero. We did save the day because the Legion has nothing. Mm-hmm. But- I also mm-hmm. like Rip's line of I, I finally feel alive. Mm-hmm. Mm. I I do love that. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It does feel very New Hope, especially afterwards when they're leaving and Sarah's kind of on their on her own. It's a very Luke Leia moment, really. Mm-hmm. Jax is kind of the Leia in this instant. I feel. I feel like Jax does embody that mantle of Leia. Mm-hmm. Sarah is a Luke. Ray is Chewy. Ray, Ray is, is Chewy. Ray is Anakin. <laughs> no, you know um, but what? I do we love that Chewy. Jack tells Sarah, "No, you're not. You're, I know you think you're responsible for his capture, capture, but we got the piece. We're gonna get him back." And Sarah says, "Is that a promise?" And Jack says, "That's a prophecy." I love, love that. that line. That mm. this is some of the best writing that we got. It on is. Our it's amazing. Like it Ooh. is. I think the second half of the episode is actually better than the first half. Uh, who who wrote this? And episode? then Ray's line of "I can finally go back to being a billionaire and inventor with four PhDs." This is um a Cato episode, and Chris Fedek uh, uh, yeah. also worked on this with her. Because Cato will also go on to do Fellowship of the Spear, I believe, later this season, which is another the very nerd loving one. nerdy episode. Another love letter to the nerdy interests. Is that the one where Ray makes a lightsaber? That's the King Arthur episode. That's it, right? Yeah, but That's yeah, I like that one as well. I did like how at the end they were all sitting around and they were like, "Let's watch Star Wars, let's watch Raiders," kind of thing, and then Empire, and then La- <laughs> Last Crusade, and I was like, "Yes, that that's how it happens," kind of thing. You just got to watch all of them. It was like, yeah, three trilogies sorted. Uh, Maya's little moment there of, "All right, we're gonna look at George Lucas's filmography. What about Howard the Duck?" And both of them go, "No." <laughs> I just doubly did Howard the Duck to be, which is doubly funny because that's a Marvel property. Yeah, yeah, that's the first Marvel movie, though. Hence why I popped up in um, Guardians of the Galaxy in a little cage mm-hmm. because the collector mm-hmm. collected him. So other business on the ship after the brain surgery. Good <laughs> <laughs> soldiers follow orders. Stein says, well, I took the chip out. It hasn't been functional in six months. (laughs) Six months. You have a lot of head trauma. (laughs) Mick just has trauma, period. He does. Sad feeling. (laughs) And Stein, even though he's not that kind of doctor, tries to diagnose him with, you are suffering from cognitive dissonance. You are imagining the snart that is saying these things to you because it's your own head. Snart isn't actually around. Mm-hmm. But he is. He's a false ghost. Yeah. I want to believe that. He's a false ghost. I want to believe. I believe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting how he closed out that episode. It feels like kind of different. It's because we closed it out with a very a new hope feel, I think for everyone. Yes, mm. that's what we get because we have Sarah and Jax comforting each other. We have Mick and Martin, and that's it's kind of the vibe of also just you've lost something. It's also the vibe of the Empire Strikes Back because you don't have Rip anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> that might be mm. actually, yeah Empire Strikes Back. 
because it kind of um, reminds me of the Luke and Leia scene after he's in the med bay yeah. and they're kind of looking yeah, out of the window. Yeah, because Han's missing now. Yeah. And Lando and Chewie fly off into the sunset together. Yeah. 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 Oh, wait, and then you have Amaya, Ray, and Nate are all watching A New Hope. I mean, you can kind of deduce that's what they're watching, really. I mean, they could be watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, they were going to watch New Hope and then Raiders and then Empire and then Last Crusade and then maybe Temple of Doom at some point. But they gave it to Gideon and knowing Gideon, she put Howard the Duck on. (laughs) You know. (laughs) No, Gideon would put Willow on. No, Gideon would put... Oh, no... (laughs) I was gonna say Air Force One, but that's not a George Lucas movie. Gideon's just like I'd like a Harrison Ford film. Yeah, but Gideon Gideon likes Harrison Ford. Gideon puts on all the Harrison. She would have put. She would have put on Phantom Menace just to piss off Ray. That would have been funny. That would have been really. I I I think it would have been fun to watch Revenge of the Sith on the way back. That's probably got a good sound system. I'm gonna say right now, Jax is a prequel Stanny. Yes. Jax came up at the uh grew up at a time when prequels were coming out. Jack Jax is a Clone Wars boy. Yes. As long as it wasn't the second Jax is one. Cool. As long as it wasn't the second one. <laughs> the second one is the funniest Star Wars movie because it is oh, no. so freaking camp and such a mess. I that's my it's least favorite. It's part of its charm of how messy it is. No, it's listen. I'm just, I just, Go I'm home just and rethink your life. You know what? Exa- though? You get, you get mullet, Obi Wan. It's Mer Morrison, Barris, Barris. You get a quick shot of Barris. Yeah, you get to see um, Dooku, Christopher Lee. Always a treat. You get to see Obi Wan Kenobi being sassy and awesome. It's like In you West. don't want to sell me Death Six. You want to go In home West. and rethink your life. We do get the Across the Stars theme, which is one yes. of the best Star Wars pieces. But speaking of Star Wars, as this is the episode, uh, this scene we end on of uh, Rip about to be tortured is very... Um, they're going to bring the torture droid in. It's Poe Dameron era. Yeah, you talk Also first. his you Han Solo first. era. Where Han Solo and Empire Strikes Back when he gets the torture. I do love that Phil introduces himself to Eobard as I'm a full-time film student, part-time recreational drug user. I regret yes. the second thing. Which, um, my, I was talking to a friend before this, and she said, that sounds accurate of most film students. <laughs> He's not wrong. It's true. Great insight. She's got great insight. And... He looks over and sees just a tray of assorted scary instruments and says to Thon, and now you're going <coughs> to torture me. Well, I'm not going to torture you. We- and then you see, like, I love the scene where Dark and, like, Malcolm come out of the shadow. <laughs> like, that smirks on their faces. Looking forward to this. Probably because they'd both been singing and dancing just before. Scene. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that um, Eobard does establish why they kidnapped him. They know he's a person of the sphere and that they need to know where the other pieces of the sphere are. That's why they're going to torture him. 
And he starts going, no! Very Luke and Empire. I was going to say Darth Vader when he just puts a new suit on. No! Oh, that's even better. Yes. Uh, And that wraps up Raiders of the Lost Art, doesn't it? An all-timer. Which is so funny. They use more Star Wars references than, like, Indiana Jones references. So, kind of curious why they use the Indiana Jones title. Because well, of the medallion? Probably. Yeah. And the spear. When we get to Egg McGuffin, we'll get an extended Indiana Jones reference. Oh, so. oh, we forgot to mention that, like, when he was talking about the spear of destiny, he's like, that's the McGuffin I so everybody can yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is like a good nugget in this episode because like literally it's a little weird yeah and now we come to a little fun segment of government assigned star wars characters for legends characters kate has provided the list so please read from the the holy text okay all right so I will put forth the, uh, so I have uh, almost every legend and I have at least someone I associate with them in some way. And we can debate and make amendments. This is all my notes. So I think it's fair we start with the current Captain of the Wave Rider, Sarah Lance. So for her, I have selected Avar Chris from the High Republic and Jin Erso from Rogue One are her Star Wars counterparts. Thoughts? I don't know who that is. Jin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always being the one to, like, with as well as Jin, always being ready to put yourself in the mission, get the mission done at all costs. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Signed. Uh, my next one on here, I have Amaya. And this is pretty obvious. She is the Leia. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Very agreed. We don't need to debate this. Yeah. No. She had the Leia quotes. She yeah. has a Leia quote. She has the best outfits. She yeah. always gets the job done. Yes. Exactly. To me, she's a general. No, wait. For me, to me, she's always a princess. Oh, Abby. Sorry, I'm not giving you feels again. <laughs> Bro. Also, now, after that, I have Nate. I have, for Nate, I put Han... Because of the improbable handsome archaeologist played by Harrison Ford, who was in Star Wars as Han Solo, which was really weird to me when I learned that Harrison Ford was in Star Wars. That surprised me because I knew him from <laughs> Indiana Jones. I also have him listed on here. Nate is also listed as Ahsoka due to his closest with Rey, who we have stated is very Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, Ray is Anakin. We we don't want to debate that. That just is. Abby's like, why? Why? No. His Anakin era in earlier episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So does that make Nora Dark Padme? We already talked about that. Yeah. We'll get to to Padme. We'll get to her. Actually, we'll get to Nora too, as well. Um, After that, I so Ray. I'll hit him next. Anakin Skywalker. Mo, I do feel there's a lot of Anakin Skywalker, especially with the building. He's with how Ray is an inventor. He creates things. He builds mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was what Anakin was doing on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Also, a little bit of Luke Skywalker, though. Mm-hmm. He's he's got his father. His father. <laughs> yes. Um. Now, Rip Hunter. I got two for this one. Oh no. He has some Obi Wan Kenobi energy, I think, due to tragedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Appearance Sad man. Scene. I would also like to propose Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Yeah. See? A little. But I think Kanan is a little bit more awesome than Rip. Because Kanan respects his woman. The same. May I make one amendment to the Sarah idea? Yes, you may. I I do think, and I know you're going to get to Ava and maybe Hera, I do see more of Kanan with Sarah than I do potentially. I do see the Jin parallels there, and it's not just because Kanan also had a moment where he became blind, but I think his relationship with Hera and struggles with his own past. Yes. I, I see with Sarah. Yes, I agree with that. I actually very much agree with that. That's a Kanan good thing. call. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Are we going to get cursed here? No, I think we are going to get have... cursed. Martin was a very hard one for me to do. Martin was a very hard one. Um, I put Kieti Mundi. I don't no! know who that is. Is that because... Listen, listen, it's because he's very judgmental like Martin is against Mick. That's true. That's the reason. It, that was kind of joking. Um... I would also kind of put him as a Galen Urso type as well. Galen Urso. Very Galen Urso. So is he like a father figure to Sarah? Well, there's that. And also he has Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a counterpart for Lily, guys. I'm sorry. Lily (laughs) just is in Star Wars because we said so. I'll make a canon. Watch me. Oh, (laughs) Lily's just awesome anyway. So That's true. Is, this, is Stein kill Mundy because he has a legal license to bone? I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Oh, no. I just put it down because he was being judgmental of Nick. But also... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He does. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's oh my oh my gosh. Shall I keep going? Yes. Um, I would like to also so next is Jackson Lick's list. I get an Elzar Man vibe from him from the High Republic. I would oh. also like to say I kind of realize like I get a Poe Dameron vibe from him as well because Jax yeah. is. I also leader, see especially. him as a Poe Dameron, but I kind of see Berard also as a Poe Dameron, so that's really hard. Yeah. I see Oscar rising as a Poe Dameron. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Imagine then... him on the Legends. Okay, wait, hold oh. on. Hold Hulk on. Berard, Jax, Finn Poe, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, fanfic writers, hit us up. We got. We we'll take anything. 
We will. will literally take anything, please. We have an email. <laughs> um, next is Mick on the list, and Mick, which we clearly established in the episode, Mick is Boba Fett. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the I only one to have a canon Star Wars association. Boba Fett didn't have a chip though, because he was a son of a clone, not a. But like they literally that call we him know Boba of. Fett. That they we all, know of. They also call him. He was Kronos that had the Boba Fett look to it, so it worked. I like it. Which one could argue Amaya has synthetic shand to energy to that? It's true. I, we only had one character for Amaya, so I would go with Leia or Fennec Shand. Yeah. It depends yeah. which. It depends what kind of AU we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yeah. That does. That, that, even then, there's several layers. Um, ah, Leonard Snart is next on my list. The boy. The boy. Well, I he became two- Stardust, so therefore he's Carrie Fisher. And try not Sorry. to people for that one. I have two listed of him. One is he's Force Ghost Ben, who yes. is unhelpful as hell. I also have him listed. And hear me out. Just hear me out, people, okay? Crosshair from the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. I'm, now, season one is like Clone Wars Crosshair. Season two, Leonard, is Bad Batch Crosshair. You're correct. You're correct. That's... Little sniper boy. <laughs> this little shithead. Abby's like, why are you he, calling letters? <laughs> no, cross, cross it. No, but here, the, it's funny because in some, it, um, crosshair and snart, they share some similarities. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's they fuck boy. Boba Fett. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I connected the dots. No, you didn't. You didn't connect shit. You didn't connect the thing. Moving on. Um, I realized I forgot Carter. Carter Everybody is- forgets it. Carter, Carter is Clovis. Carter is the rancor <laughs> that dies. Carter <laughs> is Clovis. Carter is Clovis from the Clone Wars. Oh, wait. I'm Goodbye. thinking Carter is Aldous Hodge Carter. Right, never oh. mind. No, Go no. at it. It's fine. No. Um... Kendra is Padme yes. and how they treated Padme because Padme was capable of so much more. She could do so much more. You're so real. They didn't let her do enough. Yeah. She's got her own power. Um, I have Zari next list and I did... Which Zari? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I forgot to distinguish the Zaris. Hang on. Um, let's we can talk about Zari right now. So Zari 1.0. I would almost say Zari 1.0 is a very raw ray. Yes. Almost. Yeah, I have no argument for that. Uh, I, yeah. I was I was gonna say maybe Jin or so as well, in terms of yes. doing what you need to do, but I, I like Ray uh for her. Or actually, could I could I even say Sabine Red? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I yeah. could see 2.0 as Sabine. Yeah. Also. Oh, you're not wrong. She's like, now I have to change the order. I'm making amendments. All right. Now, Zari 2.0. Sabine. I also, I don't know why I put this in here. Um, I also put her, put Rio Chuji as well. 
Mm-hmm. It's 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 just a vibe. Zari 2.0, Rhea Chuchi. That's the vibe I'm getting. I can't explain it, but it's there. Barad, um, I want to say Luke. Luke. But I also think Ezra. Ooh. 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 Yeah. Ooh. I would say Ezra Bridger. Is and a- I like his like brother-sister dynamic with Sabine is very 2.0 and Barad. Yes. yes. Because I originally listed Barad as Luke, I did also list Astra as Mara Jade as well. Fair. Um, fair. Astra does have a little venturous energy to her, though, arguably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Ava. I already said in the episode, <laughs> Cody. Yep. <laughs> so sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> she is Commander Cody for all the obvious reasons. Clone and gay. <laughs> this is, I feel like I've stereotyped, and I'm so sorry. I did stereotype, actually. I'm sorry. Well, I'd say Cody is also very organized. That's and on true. Top of Cody things. is organized. Yeah. On top of things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have Mona next on our list, and honestly, I'll talk about this in season four, but Mona deserved better storytelling. Yes. Mona deserved better storytelling. And I and she's very she's probably she's the youngest, probably, of the legends, I feel kind of. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the reason it put her as Omega. I like Omi- it. I'm sorry, Omega. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get to Nora Dark. Who does have Padme energy in, su- in the end stages? But I would, but she's a backwards. She's kind of a she's kind of bears offy, but backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, Kuasa. I know Kuasa was never a legend, but she's my girl. Very adventurous. Very wanting to get revenge, get absolution. Excellent. <coughs> I have John listed as Maul. I mean, thoughts. You're not wrong. I mean, listen, if you put Rip as Obi-Wan, the other opposite of evil British man in a coat is John. So, Maul. That's true. They're connected. Uh, we agreed Gary was Chewbacca. Yes, I now stand by this. Gary is and Chewbacca. Charlie oh. is Hondo Onaka. Hondo. Yeah, it's too easy for Charlie to be Zam because she also shapeshifts. So, yeah. Hondo. Also, Zam gets killed Hondo. by Django. Hondo is still alive and kicking. Thriving. He's thriving. And then Spooner is Dr. Afra. Yes. Um, Gideon is Chopper. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, bonus round is Dark is Moff Gideon and Merlin is Tarkin. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, you can't tell me Martha wouldn't want someone to hunt him for fun. He played around with Oliver for a whole last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Can we make one amendment? 
Yes. I think if anyone is Maul, it's gotta be Thawne. You Talk know about what? holding a grudge. That's that's fair. Well then who can we assign John to? Team. Who is yeah, who is John Con- Who is John Constantine's government? Well he's in, what is he like a con artist? Um he's Lando. Live. Lando. Nah, he's not Lando. Lando's too, too cool for any Lando's of the legends too except cool. Charlie. Except Charlie, that's true. John is John's the guy John wants to sell the death sticks. <laughs> John is death sticks, dude. What's his name? You know again? what? You know what? I like it. Is he Jar Jar Binks? No. Um What's his name? I God, I Sleaze Bago or something. It is like Sleaze Bago is Death Sticks Man. I mean, you know what? I'm very confident John John can be that character. Yeah. He's going to go home and rethink his life. Once you go home and rethink your life. He's, wait, wait. He's Max Revo. <laughs> or is he... Co- oh, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Wait, is I cut Cobb- that. Actually, wait. Cobb Vamp. I could, I could see a little Cobb Vamp. Uh, all right. If we're giving an actual character that's not just Sleaze Bago, even though I love him, I could potentially Cobb Vamp. Yeah, Kavanth is still a little altruistic for John. That's true. But I like Kavanth there. This would be a fun one for the audience. Who would you assign yeah. all of our characters? Yeah, tw- yeah tweet, tweet, at, tweet at us. Shall we wrap up and do a quick little... Yeah, let's wrap up. Um, thank right. you for letting me have this little time to give you the Star Wars government assigned characters. And we'll put up our socials at the end of the episode so you can give us your government assigned Star Wars characters. We would love to see them and hear them. Friends, how do we rank this episode in season two? Abby, I'll start with you because you haven't been here to rank them. What do you think oh. of this episode? Well, in my watching of Legends um, the first time round, I think I rack- ranked it up to about sort of like nine out of ten kind of thing. So it's like mm-hmm. it, it, it's up there for one of my favorite episodes. Uh, so, yeah. Give it good some good marks. Kate, where would you rank the episode this week? I would rank this episode. I just pulled up my thing. Um, like I said earlier, I feel like the first half was a little slow for me. That might have been me just with processing and everything. I'm actually gonna rank this episode. I have a new top ranker. It's Raiders of the Lost Art. This is this beats out out of time. I have You've heard it here. Out of time has been dethroned. Was it out of time dethroned by Chicago Way? Was that in your ranking, Eden? Okay, no. Oh, cool. I'm out oh, of cool. time I forgot was, to add that. Out of time was, yeah, it was Chicago Way went over out of time. Because I just, but no, yeah, this is now number one. Chicago Way is number two. And out of time is out of, you know, three. three. And, you know, the one that's still at the bottom is at the bottom. It's always going to be at the damn bottom. Like Night of the Hawks in that episode, always on the bottom. What is it called again? Abomination. Abomination. <laughs> the worst episode of the season. As we said, maybe it'll be fun as we keep watching 
all of the worst episodes we should rank those as to what is I feel the like worst. that's gonna be a hard one that's there's gonna be hard because there's racism in all of them and it's bad <laughs> yeah you're right oh although i'm gonna still nominate the nazi crossover as worst of them that, all that, i think that one might win <laughs> that that, that uh, uh, yeah it's that's a contender that's for it's pretty bad uh, in terms of my rankings, I'm going to agree with Eden. This bumps Chicago way out of my top spot. It had beaten out of time for me. But I think this one is my current top favorite that we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. And as Abby was saying, it's a love letter to all of the geeky things that we love that inspired us, got us into fandoms of our own. It's just an amazing episode all the way around. And with that, that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. I'm Kate. And I'm still Abby. And if you want to follow us, you can do that on Twitter with at Week Legends, or you can follow us on Instagram at Legends of Next Week, or you can email us at Legends of Next Week at gmail.com. Give us your government assigned Star Wars characters. Help us find John's. You're our only hope. All right. Goodbye, listeners. Have a wonderful week. Bye. 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 Bye.